0: Hi, Juliette here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon. And we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This terms workshop is going to be run on Thursday, the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. I think we have to put out of our heads this idea of subservience. I don't think service needs to mean that you're always putting your needs below those of everybody else around you. Instead, let's think about service as being a way in which you're putting the needs of your whole community, your school community, first. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett I'm a consultant, speaker, and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where we're going to be reflecting on the concepts of both service and leadership. Now, this is one of the topics that I've been reflecting on since the passing of Queen Elizabeth. And I think the word service really stuck in my head. Um... In the days and weeks after her passing, it was something that that was repeatedly commented on was was our gratitude for her life of service, and it's a word that actually I hear a lot in school strategy away days. People talking about the importance of developing a sense of service in the young people that that are at those schools, creating alumni who will go on to make a positive difference to the world. Now, this is a theme that's been around for many years you know at least five years that I've been hearing schools really kind of articulate this idea of service and so it was particularly striking to me I think when all the commentary and the conversation and and, and chatting to friends and chatting to, to clients around that time of, of the national mourning and then afterwards. And it was this word service that really stuck with me as being a a bridge, if you like, between that national conversation that everyone was having and that national emotional journey that people were on of mourning and, and kind of marking the end of an era and how that connected through to the work that I do with schools. So I've been reflecting on this since that time. And there are two episodes that have emerged from this reflection and this is the first of those two and this time what we're going to be thinking about is how we can embed service within the way that we lead and I've been reflecting on the fact that the best school leaders that I've worked with have very consciously incorporated a sense of service into their own leadership And then alongside that, pretty much all the school leaders that I've worked with are doing this subconsciously. They may not be doing this on purpose or knowing that they're doing it, but it's there in their ethos, their values, the way that they are leading. And there's a feeling sometimes when when we stop and pause and think about this, that there might be a bit of a tension, a bit of a contradictory kind of element to this. Because service and being in service of others means putting the needs of others above your own, or at least on a par with your own, so that you can put those needs central to your decision-making. And that sort of brings to mind, sort of subconsciously, images of being subservient to others. The idea of being able to be to, to suppress your own needs entirely to the point that you're serving others and you're subservient to their needs. And then that feels incongruous with the idea of leading. How can you be simultaneously subservient and leading and so i think there is this feeling of of tension or at least this uncertainty around how do we combine service and leadership So that's the topic we're going to be exploring together today. So many people have told me that this podcast helps them, which is great because helping people is why I create these weekly episodes. And I also hear from lots of people who need a bit more support. For those schools, I facilitate strategy away days for governors and leadership teams. I guide heads and chairs of governors through the creation and implementation of new strategic plans, And I lead regular one-to-one strategy advice calls with heads and directors of development. And the best part of my job is hearing from the people I work with that they're clearer about what to prioritise day to day. They're better able to lead change in their schools and they feel happier and more confident that they're making good strategic decisions. So anytime that you feel like you need a bit of extra help, just drop me a message so we can chat. You'll find my contact details at www.consultjuliet.co.uk. So, first of all, I think we have to put out of our heads this idea of subservience. I don't think service needs to mean that you're always putting your needs below those of everybody else around you. Instead, let's think about service as being a way in which you're putting the needs of your whole community, your school community, first. So you're putting the needs of pupils, staff, parents, alumni, all of those needs come first. You're not putting the needs of yourself as a leader first, you kind of come kind of um, slightly arrogant quest for glory in your leadership. That isn't the first thing you're thinking of. You're not putting the needs of governors first, you know, potentially their need to feel that they've always been right, that they've always made the right decision. You don't need to to serve that need particularly. Those sorts of um, slightly self-centred approaches to leadership, we need to put right out of our thoughts. Instead, we're putting the needs of our whole school community first. So if you think about service in that way, you can see now how there is a route to combining this with leadership. But the difficulty comes in the fact that this is not easy. If you're Having to balance the needs of everybody within your community, actually, that makes decision making even harder. If you had a single, let's say, profit driven goal, and that was your one overriding goal. Now, I know that some schools will have a profit element to their decision making if they have investors. But generally speaking, that's not the one overriding goal that schools have. It will be to do a pupil outcomes as well. But if you were to put that profit driver front and centre, at least you'd have a single um, need that you're serving. It's actually much more complicated to be trying to balance the needs of everybody in your community. And so this idea of service and leadership, even if we understand that these are absolutely compatible, it still doesn't kind of present an easy path for school leaders to follow one of the areas that I want to explore with you today is is coming from the academic world and that is something a concept called servant leadership now it doesn't always get an entirely positive rap and we're going to be talking about why that is but actually it's a really central important concept I think for leaders in the school sector to understand so servant leadership as a phrase was coined back in 1970 by Robert K Greenleaf And the way that his work defines it, and then others who have worked in this area as well, has been defining it as focusing on providing service to your team, to your employees, and creating a culture in which staff can do their best work now this in the way that they define it involves a lot of listening a lot of empathy a lot of curating a culture of trust and sharing and community that's the central element is putting your your employees first and you as a leader serve your employees with the end goal that by doing that you get them to do their best work and therefore you drive your organization forward towards its vision But interestingly, there isn't a lot of research that's focused on servant leadership until relatively recently. A lot more focus has been placed on what's called transformational leadership. So in the transformational leadership kind of framework, all of the focus is on a charismatic visionary leader who by pure kind of strength of character, someone who's often very bold, often quite kind of gregarious, quite um, out there quite loud this one leader charismatic leader then inspires the people to follow them now it's not a coincidence that there's been a lot more research in this area because there has been a perception of this as being a little bit of a, a masculine way of leading a lot of the examples that are given around charismatic visionary transformational leaders are male there's a lot of sense of this being a strong leader is a is one of these sort of transformational leaders and this masculinity that kind of has been woven in often completely subconsciously into the research has meant that this has got a lot more attention and focus on it in recent decades and then relatively recently as you know the academic world is changing the business world is changing there's been increasingly more focus on servant leadership and there have been commentaries and this is not just me there have been commentators out there who are saying this is interesting because servant leadership could be connected with a more feminine set of traits to do with empathy to do with caring to do with building community now we know that masculine and feminine traits doesn't always mean that a man will have masculine traits and the woman will have feminine traits Any one individual leader will combine these traits. But I think it's not a coincidence that we're coming to this idea of servant leadership a little bit late because there has been this academic focus on the more outwardly gregarious kind of charismatic focus around transformational leadership. So what's great to see is that more recently, there has been a bit of an understanding within the academic world, within business thought leadership actually transformational leadership isn't the only way to lead an organization and there's been increasing focus on other models of leadership including servant leadership so it's now getting a little bit more academic research um, in this area which is fantastic to see and there've been some really successful books so so Simon Sinek's book leaders eat last was enormously successful and this is rooted on some of these same concepts of servant leadership now, interestingly to note, as well as this developing as a concept within the academic world, there has been a long-standing interest in this approach within the military world as well. And actually, Simon Sinek's book draws a lot on this military way of looking at things. And his his reference to leaders eat last is the fact that officers in the military will eat last; they'll be at the end of the of the queue as they're queuing up for their meal. So within the military sector, this idea of serve to lead has been really prominent. And that's actually the motto of Sandhurst Military Academy here in the UK. It's definitely been an an integral part of the US leadership and kind of training programme within the military academies in the US as well. And this idea of serve to lead is very similar, not identical, but very similar to the concept of servant leadership. I'm going to put a few links in the episode notes if you want to dive into some of these concepts in more detail, and if you feel this is an area that you would like to develop your own leadership style in, then certainly I'd recommend there's a couple of posts around servant leadership, the concept of serve to lead in the military, and also a link to Simon Sinek's book as well in the episode notes. So there's one area that I want to dwell on before we finish up today about one of the areas that servant leadership or the serve to lead approach is severely misunderstood. And that's this. If you're going to try and combine service and leadership, it does not mean that you pamper the people you lead. You won't be serving any employee's best interest if you allow them to, for example, not to keep up with technology. So they're they're kind of doggedly sticking to old technology and not updating their skills or perhaps they're doggedly sticking to old teaching approaches or old ways of doing things and not updating you're not serving their best interest by allowing them to continue with that behavior similarly if they're just being a bit disruptive they're actually negatively impacting on others they're negatively impacting on morale or the kind of the approach of, of to learning in the classroom again, you're not serving that employee's best interest by allowing that undesirable behavior to continue. And the reason is because you don't facilitate them to be their best self by allowing them to continue that behavior. And you certainly don't facilitate them getting another job anywhere else by allowing them to continue that behavior. And so we have to think of it almost like parenthood. We need to support these people. So if you have an employee who is not keeping up to date or who is expressing that kind of behaving in a way that that's not um, conducive to your culture as a school you need to support them you need to support them to retrain to guide them to help them understand the new culture and way of doing things to bring them with you it's a bit like the tough love that you have to show as a parent you're not pampering people but you are serving them by guiding them and supporting them on the journey that they absolutely need to take Similarly to that, you don't want to think about servant leadership or serve to lead as putting any one employee or group of employees above everybody else. You have to balance the needs of all of your community. And as I said before, that is where it gets tricky. You're not having one overall profit driver. You have to balance the intricate and sometimes contradictory needs of everybody in your school community. And really critically, allowing one team member to underperform doesn't serve the other members of that team. And it also doesn't serve the wider audience that you all, all together are serving, be it the pupils, the alumni, the parents, and so on. And I want to finish up today by sharing with you a, a really beautiful description of this. So there's an author and speaker and trainer called Adam O'Donnell. He's based in, in Australia. He has military, a military background and he now helps corporates to understand how they can transform their leadership style. I'm going to put a link to this in the episode notes and I absolutely recommend that you that you read it. And I'm going to read a little bit out for you. I don't normally read verbatim other people's work. But when I read this, I thought he's absolutely captured what serve to lead is all about. And the concept here is that your people, the people that you're leading will watch for signs that they can trust you or watch for signs that you are serving them and leading them. And this is what Adam O'Donnell says. When your grand plan calls for your people to use their initiative and think for themselves, they're not listening, they're watching. Watching for what you do when one of them makes an innocent but well-intentioned mistake trying to carry out your directions. They're watching to see if you fight their corner or if you throw them to the wolves. When you've got a poor performer in the team, or someone whose behaviours are causing friction, they're not hoping that he'll pick up his standards or mend his ways, they're watching to see if you'll take the easy road and let it slide, or whether you're going to have the tough conversation without fear or favour. They're watching to see if they can trust you because deep down they want to achieve something other than just turning up and staying awake. They want to strive for goals worth achieving that comes complete with a challenge that calls for their best efforts to overcome. They want a leader with a plan for that challenge and who gives them a clear role that they are able to fulfil. They want a leader that if they try their best and still fail, will have their back. And if they don't give it their best, will give them the feedback that they need to bring their A-game next time. They want a leader with the courage to lead them by serving them. So full credit goes to Adam O'Donnell for that. Again, the links in the episode notes, do read his blog post on this topic. But I think that encapsulates this idea about combining service with leadership we serve to lead we can lead our people by serving them by putting the needs of all of our community above our own needs as a leader above our governor's needs as a group we place their needs the school community's needs first and that means making tough decisions and it means having tough conversations I'm going to leave you with that. I would love to hear your thoughts. This is just one of the areas that I've been reflecting on. And next week, I'm going to be sharing with you the the thoughts that I've been having around the connection between service and marketing, actually, and the way that we sell in inverted commas. How can we elevate the way that we serve our audience in order to help our marketing and admissions, but actually also really help the world. Great, that's it for this week. Look forward to talking to you again next time. Bye-bye then. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast. The podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.co.uk podcast.